Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create and grow income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Are you tired of trading your time for money? Do you desire freedom today instead of retirement in 10, 20, or 30 years? I'm MC Lobsher, and this is the Cashflow Ninja. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Lobsher here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today. In today's show, we're going to look at how you can buy online businesses. My guest in this episode is Jared Krause. Jared used to be a plumber working 60 plus hours per week and he hated it. Fast forward to today, he now owns multiple online businesses himself and many of his clients earn thousands to tens of thousands of dollars per month from their business they bought working with Jared. If you're interested in joining our investors group, you could go to cashflowninja.com forward slash investors group and fill out an application form and or email me at info at cashflowninja.com to start the discussion to see if you're a good fit for our group. And if you're in the Philadelphia, Bucks County and Southern New Jersey area, we are hosting a live investors meetup event every month in Newtown, Pennsylvania. For more information on the monthly event and information on how to join us at our next live event, you could go to cashflowninja.com forward slash events. If you are like many of the listeners of the show, you're always looking for unique ways to protect and grow your hard-earned capital. But sometimes that's easier said than done. The key to investing late in the cycle is identifying favorable opportunities on a risk-adjusted basis. That's where our friends at ASIM Capital come in. Since 2011, ASIM has helped more than 300 accredited investors allocate more than $20 million to mobile home parks, cell storage, and workforce housing due to the ability to generate asymmetric returns while protecting their investors' portfolios. If you're interested in learning more, head over to asymcapital.com. That's A-S-Y-M-Capital.com to get instant access to their investment offerings. MC Lobshier, the host of the Cashflow Ninja podcast and also the president and chief wealth and investment strategist of Producers Wealth, where we help our clients integrate cashflow banking, also known as infinite banking, with their business and investments. If you're interested in learning more about how we create strategies that integrate cashflow banking and investments to turbocharge them, you can access a video series at yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. Jared, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Yeah, excited to connect and excited to dive into our topic for today. Uh, before we do that, Jared, can you share a little bit about your background and journey with my listeners? Yeah, sure. So uh, I used to um, really want to travel the world. You know, I've seen everybody doing, having this lavish lifestyle and traveling the world and making money online. And that was a massive goal for me because I was working 60 to 70 hour weeks as a plumber and just commuting really far to work and just hating it. And I just decided it was enough was enough. You know, I, I, st- I quit after a while and then I went traveling for six months and I came home with barely any money. And then I saved up and worked again and quit and traveled. And that was a life. I just had to save up and then go blow it all on travel. And it wasn't really blowing it because it was good fun, but realized that what I was doing is I was, wasn't running away from my job is at the time I was running away from my life because I didn't really like where I was at. So I decided, all right, I'm going to go away and really pull my finger out and get a goal here 
And I realized I want to travel the world and make money. So I thought, all right, I'm going to jump on Google, do the sensible thing and just type in how to travel the world and make money online. (laughs) And it's funny to think about that now, but what popped up was travel blogging and I put my hand up and I said, I'm going to be a travel blogger. So I started doing that, made a little bit of money and it didn't really get me to what I wanted to achieve. So I thought, all right, I need to start a proper website business here. And so I did that. And I failed. I made a little bit of money, but it was overall, it was a massive failure. And I've come home with my hands between my heads and my tail between my legs as well and realized that, you know, I'm going to be a plumber until I found that 90% of startups fail. Came across across this stat somewhere. And from doing that, I was realized that if 90% of startups fail, why don't I go away and buy a website business that's past that, that failure rate? So I went and taught myself to see if I could find them online again. And I taught myself how to buy them, do the research and due diligence. And I bought one and it made me a 30% return on my investment for each year. And then I thought, oh, I got to up the ante here and buy a bigger one and replace my income. So I bought a second one. And by the time I had my second one, I was making more money online from my full-time gig as a supervisor for this plumbing firm at the time. And then I quit. I went traveling. I bought another one and people started finding out like, hey man, like, when I was away traveling, people were like, oh, I want to do this, you know, like, can you teach me how to, you know, travel and, and make money online and, and buy websites? And I thought, all right. And then I started packaging some things together and helping people. Fantastic. Now, let's, let's talk a little bit about buying online businesses. And I guess you really started and you mentioned it because I think that's the order that we would start it in is where you actually find businesses that you can buy online and maybe also tie into, you know, uh, which are some of the best businesses on, or online businesses to purchase. Yeah, for sure. So when we first come to this game, a lot of people see that there's Flipper, F-L-I-P-P-A.com. Uh, that's a marketplace where you can go away and buy websites from. Normally, they're on the lower um, end of the price range. And I'm talking anywhere from like you can buy sites for like, couple hundred dollars all the way up to, you know, a couple of thousand dollars and and tens of thousands of dollars on that site. Uh, And then you've got website brokers. So I urge everybody to go away and look at website brokers, jump on Google and search website brokers. That's a whole heap of them. There's um, Empire Flippers, FE National, Latona's, your quite light brokerage. There's so many of them. Uh, But if you do a quick Google search, you'll find them. And what I like to tell people when they're first starting is buy from a website broker. And the reason I say this is because website brokers have a reputation at stake and they don't want to sell a website that is, you know, poorly performing and that's going to destroy their reputation. So I suggest people buy from website brokers. Uh, Flipper and Exchange Marketplace are, are a place where you can find diamonds in the rough and both of those people are, you know, those companies are improving their um marketplaces and i've spoken to the ceo of flipper which is one of the biggest you know marketplaces for selling websites online and and they've really got a massive emphasis on the change they need to make to really meet the market and gain a lot of trust uh and he's come on the podcast so i feel that they're doing good things but really stick to website brokers for now and for beginners wanting to buy a website business there's a few different business models that do suit them best it's like You've got affiliate websites and what affiliate websites are is where you can have a website with a whole bunch of products for, or, or sorry, a website with 
a whole bunch of reviews about certain different products and people can say I've got a pair of Nike shoes or, you know, I really like Nike shoes. I could create a website that is writing reviews about different Nike shoes and telling people what they're good for, how good they are, um, you know, when to use them, when not to use them, who they're best suited for and write a whole bunch of reviews about these shoes. And if somebody's going to buy a pair of Nike shoes, they're going to find my website. And when I've written a good review about one, I'm going to have a little link to possibly purchase that shoe. And that link may get sent to a completely different website like Amazon, for example. And from that, once they've clicked on that and they possibly buy that shoe from Amazon or a different commission, uh, you know, junction website or whatever it is, they'll make an affiliate commission. So I'll make an affiliate commission for them buying and me referring them to that sale. Now you can have a whole bunch of different reviews on that site and now say, I want to sell that site that I've created. Somebody else can go away and buy that and just keep building it by adding more articles and writing more reviews or hiring somebody to do that for them like a VA. Uh, and building up the SEO, which is search engine optimization, which help people get s- searched higher in the rankings on different search engines. So affiliate websites are a really good one to start with. You've also got uh, Amazon FBA businesses. Amazon FBA stands for Fulfillment by Amazon. And what that means is you can you can buy a website from somebody and what that business does is it may buy a big bunch of products and let's just use uh, shoes or hats, for example. And you buy a whole bunch of hats from somewhere around the world. It could be US, China, uh, UK, Australia, and have that sent to the Amazon warehouse and your products will be, you can upload your products for sale on the Amazon platform, product images, description, everything like that. And when somebody buys that from Amazon, Amazon will grab that because they get notified in their warehouse. They'll grab that and that send it out to the customer for you. So all you really need to do is have a bunch of products, buy them wholesale in bulk, send them to Amazon Fulfillment Agency and they'll do the rest of the work, which is really good sort of website for beginners. Uh, There's one more we'll talk about is dropshipping. How dropshipping works is you can have... You can buy a website where the owner has set it up so they have products for sale on their website and they don't particularly have those products at home, you know, in their own garage or shed or, you know, in a different sort of warehouse themselves. What they do is when people buy a product from their website, they buy it for retail and then they are linked up with a wholesaler or a supplier, which is what we call a drop shipper. And from there, what happens is they will send that order they get from their website to the dropshipper and they'll fulfill that order, grabbing that and sending it out to the customer for you and they'll charge you wholesale for it. So what you have is you split the difference and you make the profit margin without having to pay that fee of holding the stock in somebody else's warehouse and you know there's shipping costs involved that you have to pay for but it's a it's allows you to get your profit back a lot quicker rather than an Amazon FBA business. But there's different risks involved with each of them. And that's what I do and talk my clients about and how to because people say, you know, you need to risk it to get the biscuit MC. And I just don't believe that. I believe that all risk is minimized by education. Yeah, a- absolutely. One of the first questions that I had is 
when you look at those business models, what's so in determining the price that you're paying for it as well, what's the, you know, what's the asset for these four beginners? Is it the system? Is it the mailing list of customers that they have? How are these usually presented and packaged when they are sold? Yeah, the asset is normally the, the website itself because it's got, uh, if it's got really good SEO and a really good domain, that holds value in itself. Another mm. thing that really holds value is the uh, the list and the proven track record that it has and it's making money. So the list is the customers that have already bought or people that are on the EMR list and are interested in the products or services. So that is essentially the business you're buying, but there's so much value in the domain name and the actual website itself that has really good SEO juice or link juice is what we call it. Yep. A- absolutely. Um, yeah. And so as you said, the power, the power of that is, is definitely in the d- domain name. And obviously there's niches too. I mean, we're just not throwing a bunch, bunch of stuff up against the wall and hoping that it sticks, right? There's niches that, so you have to approach it from a business perspective. What are some of, I mean, I could think of babies, <laughs> right? Children yeah. having that, that that's a pro, <laughs> definitely a very profitable niche. What are some of the other niches that you've seen that, that w- worked really well and some of the niches that you've had some success with? Yeah, that's a great question. I've got a friend who is in the baby niche and he created a website business in the baby niche. And then he bought one as well. And when you do that, what that's called is it's called a bolt-on business and the mm-hmm. businesses help each other grow. Now, the I'm not particular, like I'm not like, all right, and this is a lot of people do teach this, like you need to find a really good niche and this niche is trending right now and this niche is trending right now and this is the niche that you need to get in. What I like to ask myself is like, what is an easily replicable business and what's not an easy replicable business. So when I go on the website brokers and I look for these websites, if I'm going to buy something that, and I tend to stay and tell my clients to stay away from apparel, if it's like selling t-shirts, I go, well, people can go away and do that and replicate my business in a couple of days and I've got automatic competition, right? So and it can be a really niche type of t-shirt. Like it could be a t-shirt for, um, you know, I experiment with my diet a lot, right? Whereas the point that I was gluten-free, vegan and all this sort of stuff, it could be a certain shirt with a certain quote for a gluten-free vegan diet and it's very, very niche, right? But mm-hmm. anybody can print off t-shirts with those sorts of quotes and become my competition and replicate that business. So, I try to really stay away from like, this is going to be a niche because it's, Niches I find are good, but you've got to be careful if it's got to have an expiry date and a trend mm-hmm. factor because yeah. when you look at those, like maybe there's these, um, you know, it's stress balls or pogo sticks or I know that in Australia there was a certain type of uh, skateboard that came out. It was called the Penny. It's a really small um, skateboard and it was around for about five years, but say you went and bought that business selling penny skateboards and you're selling these penny skateboards online and you bought it in the fourth or fifth year, it's not a great investment, even though it's very niche and you know it can be replicated as well um, quite easily if you find a, a stockist or a wholesaler or a dropshipper for that. So it's not really the best website to buy just with the niche. I like to see what's replicable and, and what's there for longevity. 
that's that's because my strategy is buy, hold, and build. Some mm-hmm. people want to buy and flip. So just like when you got real, when you're buying real estate, people want to buy, do a quick renovation, whether it's cosmetic or whatever it is, to the website or to the sorry uh, property, and then they put it back on the market and they sell it. Now that's exactly what you can do with websites. Um, and I actually had a guy, Richard Patey, he's from the UK and he came on my website and he talked about how he flips websites and he makes, you know, roughly about $50,000 per website that he flips. And, you know, if you do 10 of those years, that's half a mil, right? Yeah. So you can, there's different strategies on how you want to buy, grow, and maybe even if you want to sell websites as well. And I try to tend to stick away from, oh, this is a really cool niche for a time frame. What is the you know, what's the longevity of it? Yep, absolutely. Uh, how can you do due diligence on some of these businesses? Because obviously they're going to uh, present them on the, you know, through brokers or on flipper.com and other exchange marketplaces. Um, what are some of the things that listeners can do to do due diligence? Yeah, awesome. So due diligence is a is a big one. And, you know, we could spend, you know, three whole podcasts doing something like that. But to cram yeah. it in, there's different factors you due diligence. The main ones are you need to do traffic due diligence, financial due diligence, marketing due diligence, and you also need to do SEO due diligence and competition. So there's five main, main ones there. So let's go to traffic. You want to see if the traffic's trending up, trending down sideways and most importantly, the question to be asking is why is the traffic trending in that certain way, right? Maybe the traffic is trending down for a couple of months, but, and then some people may walk away from that business. And I'm like, well, hang on, why is it trending down? Maybe you're selling snowboards online and it's just come out of their winter season. And you may, yeah. have, you may have just missed out on buying a really good investment that, you know, you could have spent six months a year running. Whereas the other six months, you could just be hanging out in the summer, enjoying life, right? Yep. You need to be asking these why questions throughout due diligence. So traffic's really important to be looking at. Then you need to look at the financials. A lot of people will go and say, all right, I want to get some proof of financials. And what the website broker or the seller will send you is screenshots of the business's bank account or the merchant account. And they'll give you an Excel sheet with all the numbers on it. And whilst that's really good, it's still not real proof of the finances because those screenshots could be edited or butchered and that Excel sheet, they could have just plugged the numbers in there and gone, that's, that's how the business is performing, you know, trust me. So what I like to tell people is to get viewers access at the business's merchant account or the business's bank account and jump in there and have a look and see what's going on, see what they're actually making um, and then really asking a lot about the expenses. A key question to ask the sellers when you speak to them is like are there any sort of the way to frame it is like are there any skeletons in the closet asking like is there anything about this business that i should know that i don't know or isn't reflected in the information that you've given me uh that i should know if i'm going to become the new owner of this website and that's a hard question for first time buyers to ask because it's a very upfront but the more you speak to sellers, the better you get. And, you know, the more you do something, you become confident in doing it. You know, courage becomes courage. You know, you need courage before confidence. So 
what did we talk about? We've talked about financials. We talked about traffic. SEO, you want to see what sort of SEO work's being done. Have they done any black hat SEO, which is sort of a, a type of SEO that isn't favorable to the search engines and has seen a lot of people penalized. And then you've got the opposite of that, which is white hat SEO, which is normally evergreen type of SEO work and helps you get ranked higher in the search engine. And you want to see what work's been done, what's not been done, has it been effective and why has it been effective or why has it not been effective? Uh, this is all stuff that as you start digging into it, you'll start getting better at doing this. This may be foreign to the listener right now. Um, but when you start reading about it and seeing, you know, with the jump on and see some of my stuff, you'll start to, um, join the dots. Uh, so there's, so we could dig into, um, so we've done traffic, we've done financials, we've done SEO, look at the marketing, what marketing's being done, what marketing's not being done and why. So what marketing works, what marketing doesn't work, why is it not working? And the reason I ask these why questions you can see is that if I keep on continue asking why, I'm going to get an answer. And that answer is going to help me to make that marketing better or redevelop that marketing strategy when I do buy the business so I can make it perform better. Or if it, the marketing is working, why is it working so I can spend more time and energy and effort and even money into that type of marketing that's working because I understand why it's working. And the last one I want to talk about is competition. This is a big one. The reason being is like I said, is like, is it a replicable business? You need to be aware if somebody can go away and, you know, create this overnight or within a week and become your competition. But you also need to see who else is in the niche doing what you're doing. And I like to do a little bit of spy work and say, and see like, what are they doing that's working for them that this website that I'm possibly buying is not doing that could work for it as well. And that allows you to see how much value there is in the business to be able to grow it. You're listening to The Cashflow Ninja, the show helping people all over the world create monthly cash flow and achieve freedom today, not in 10, 20, 30, and or 40 years. This is the show where cash is not king, but cash flow is king. We will be right back after a word from our sponsors. My friend Dave Zook from The Real Asset Investor says, you can be conventional or you can be wealthy. Pick one. The Real Asset Investor team creates value for investors looking for high yield returns from multifamily apartments, ATM machines, and self-storage investments. Their syndications offer attractive investment opportunities that produce strong cash flow, equity growth, huge tax incentives. They are truly passive and managed by a world-class team. To learn more about the exciting investment opportunities the Real Asset Investor offers, such as their multifamily, ATM, and self-storage syndications, please visit cashflowninja.com forward slash real asset investor. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the United States. Our simple proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Learn how to find the best deals by downloading your free copy of The Ultimate Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing at noradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. You're listening to The Cashflow Ninja, the show helping people all over the world create monthly cash flow and achieve freedom today, not in 10, 20, 30, and or 40 years. This is a show where cash is not king, but cash flow is king. 
Now let's return to our interview. Let's talk, you, you touched on the financials a little bit. Let's talk about the, the financing and also from the financial standpoint, uh, are there certain, um, uh, I would say, it, are there certain things or numbers that you look at to determine the worth of it, right? Is there certain formulas? And then also how are these finance, how are some of the deal structured um, and what can people expect when negotiating uh, pr- pricing and deals when they purchase these businesses? Yeah, excellent. So uh, when you're buying a website business, we talk about multiples. Um, there's no such sort of certain forms or systems and how to work out how the business is valued unless you have really good due diligence and a framework. And I've got a framework that, you know, I can give you guys, your listeners for free. Uh, but how it's done is in multiples where, you know, sometimes you buy a brick and mortar business and they talk about the multiples, which is a yearly multiple of the average net profit. So you get the, all the income and you take away all the expenses from the whole year and you get the average yearly net profit. When you're buying a website, we do that, but on a, on a smaller scale and we talk about average monthly net profit. So you get the, you get a, normally they'll get six months or 12 months worth of the income and then six months or 12 months worth of the expenses and work out what the average, that average net profit is then divide that by six months or 12 months. Now, you've got to be careful here. Sometimes people will have a really good three-month in business or six months and the brokers will only make the average out of those couple of months, which can allow like a first-time buyer to go, oh, that's really, really valuable business and that's why it's so expensive. But it needs to be reflected if you're buying, it needs to be reflected over 12 months because if you're buying a website that is seasonal, you know, you can't just buy it based on the good months. It's not really fair when you're going to hold it for longer than a year. So it's done in multiples and normal, uh, the normal multiple is normally at the moment anywhere from 24 to 36 uh, monthly multiple, which means, you know, 24 times the average monthly net profit or 36 times average monthly net profit. And that's how much website businesses are selling for. Now, sometimes they are a little bit cheaper, you know, and sometimes they are a little bit more expensive. Now, the thing that I want to caution to all the listeners is that just like don't be hunting for a lower multiple because it's better to buy a good valuable business at a fair price rather than buy a fair price a, a business that is at a fair price or a fair business at a good price sorry which is what Warren Buffett says so buying a cheap like if you go away and buy cheap you're going to get cheap right you get what you pay for so really don't go and try and skimp out, especially if you're buying a website business. Uh, and then how we work out how to structure the deals is it depends. I mean, there's a question that you need to be asking the seller when you're on the phone with them. And the, that question is like, what's more important to you? Do you want them? Do you want all the money in, you know, in cash upfront right now? Or do you rather earn a little bit more money, but over, over a certain set of time? And the reason I like to ask this question is because it helps me find out how to put an offer in. And if they tell me, you know, I need the money because I need it for this and I need it by this certain date, then I can see that I need to give them one offer for a cash sum or I need to go away and get finance for this and give them cash and pay for the finance through a different type of um, financial, you know, um, company. 
And there are places that you can get business loans from different banks and stuff like that. There are places, there's one place online, which is probably not the most feasible that you can get uh, loans from, like just for websites, that you have to pay a high uh, ca- cash deposit for that. Uh, so you can get finance and, and then pay them the cash. Or what I like to do is do an earn out deal. And I say, look, maybe I'll give you 60, 70 or 80% of the business in cash now and then I may give them a little bit more but drag that out over a three-month, six-month or 12-month period as an earn-out deal. Um, and then if they they don't want to go for that, maybe you can offer them uh, an earn-out deal or a seller financing is what we call it where you pay them 60% down or 70% down for the business and then the rest of the 30% may be dragged out over a six-month or 10-month or 12-month period, maybe even three months if you want it shorter and you will pay interest on top of that, those payments as well. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, one, there's a lot to cover here, a lot, lot to, to stay on top of and continually studying and one of the habits that uh, I've seen from very wealthy and successful folks is that they're always studying new things and learning new skill sets. What are you currently studying and what new skill sets are you currently adding? Yeah. Awesome question. I'm constantly studying marketing, uh, digital marketing. That's something that I always am looking at ever since I've started this, you know, many, many years ago. Uh, Just so I can really stay on top. I study a bit of copywriting uh, so I can ensure that my ads have really good copy and my website's got really good copy. Uh, also, I'm studying like uh, membership, like how to make my membership really amazing for all of my clients because I want to ensure I just add so much value. And uh, I'm always studying, you know, books. Like I'm reading so many different books and I read anything from like spiritual books like Deepak Chopra to anything like Ryan Holiday, The Obstacle is Away with Emotional and intelligence so i like to cover a few things like i like to cover financial intelligence i like to cover emotional intelligence and i like to cover spiritual intelligence and they're the uh, they're the three things that i really top ton of top of kind of sorry focus on with books but online it's yeah it's those other ones that i mentioned now our core message in our show is to leave our families communities and the world better than we found it by passing down a mindset values and principles to future generations not just money so if you cannot pass on any money to future generations and we're only allowed to pass on three principles to them to build wealth and achieve happiness and success what would they be yeah awesome so my first one is you get what you focus on and the cool thing about us as human beings and being quite intelligent is that we get to choose what we focus on. And I used to choose to focus on the negative. And I used to focus on like how, you know, I was a victim rather than a victor. And I used to focus on like, I hate my job and I hate my car and I hate my life. And I just used to drink and I used to hang around the wrong people. And it was just a toxic environment because that's what I've started to focus on. And I, decided to start focusing on something different. It was like, hang on a second. It doesn't, you know, there's are these people out there living this awesome lifestyle. It doesn't need to be like this, but I need a goal. And anybody that ever told me anything that was important with goals is to focus on your goals, right? Don't take your eye off the ball. And to focus, that means I needed to focus on, you know, the good and the positive and be very grateful for what I did have rather than slander it. 
because there's so much to be grateful for. And so my main thing for everybody is to really find something they want and protect and be conscious of what you're focusing on because you're going to bring that into your life. It's going to come into fruition. So if you're focusing on something and the more you focus on, the more you're going to be able to get it. And you know, if that's a negative thing, that's going to happen. But if it's a positive thing and something you really want, then that's going to start to develop as well. And that's the first one. And that's a huge one in itself. I mean, I could talk about that for hours as well. And I really instill a lot of those values in my clients when they first come to me because that's the foundation. Like that's the, that's the ultimate foundation you need to have. And then once you've got that, it's, and that is a type of investing in yourself. But the second thing that I want to talk about is to invest in yourself, invest in different types of education, invest in having a happier, healthier you. And what that means is that could be investing in really good food, investing in yourself where you meditate and you keep a quiet space and, and enjoy your life, invest in giving yourself some me time. And then on the other scale, it could be investing in your education and making yourself smarter so you can tackle the, the bigger obstacles in life, whether that's reading books studying courses, doing programs, joining communities and memberships and different things like that, listening to podcasts like this. This is definitely starting to invest in yourself and that's really, really powerful and that starts to compound over the years and when I started investing in myself, you know, it was a bit of a chore (laughs) until I started to see some sort of rewards for it and I started to develop and then, you know, a lot of my time is investing in myself just like you, you mentioned before, like what do you, you know, what do you consume and what are you focusing on? What are you learning? So that's my second one. The third principle that I'd pass down to a younger version of myself or to somebody, younger generation without being able to pass down money is that there's no such thing as a self-made millionaire. That's really important. Because anybody that has had any level of success hasn't done it themselves. They've got a coach. They've got a mentor. They've got somebody they've learned from. Even if it's a book that they've read for from or a podcast they've listened to or a course they've studied, they've learned something from somebody else. Now, now when you're on your journey to achieve any goal, and I don't care if you want to be the world's fastest you know, sprinter or if you want to be amazing at ballet or learn how to get your you know finances in check and get a good financial education is do not do it yourself and i see so many people and this was me this is my biggest failure is that i tried to do everything myself and i got sucked into the hype of being a self-made millionaire and a self-made entrepreneur and all this sort of stuff when the reality was anybody achieved anything was you know they had that they had those people in their team so as soon as I put my hand up for help and I got mentors and coaches and, and learned things from other people, that is exactly when my life started to shift. And that was the tipping point for me. So the main point out of these three, I feel, is that is to don't go alone. Fantastic. And thank you for sharing that, Jared. Jared, where can my listeners learn more about you and all of the projects that you're involved in and where can they follow you and reach out to you? Yeah, awesome. So if you go to my website, buying 
buyingonlinebusinesses.com. So that's buyingonlinebusinessesplural.com. Uh, put a forward slash in there and you can go to my podcast. Put a forward slash in there and you can get my free uh, due diligence and you know uh, research tools to buying a website. Uh, you type, you can type in my name into any of the socials or the search engines, Jared Krause, and you can find me. And where people get most value with what I'm doing is in my community. And you can find out all the information there on my website as well. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show and sharing your journey and your knowledge and providing so much value for my listeners, Jared. Thank you so much for having me on MC. I really appreciate it. And I hope everybody really got a lot from it. Uh, If they have any questions, they can always reach out to me. Life settlement investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic, market, and geopolitical risk. It's been part of the billion-dollar blueprint followed by institutional investors. And if you're an accredited investor, you can also now participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential. You can watch an informational webinar presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments for number of solutions at cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements. Thank you again for joining me on the Cashflow Ninja. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here, please subscribe, rate, and write a review for our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at CashflowNinja.com. I want to thank you for spending your most precious resource with me today, your time. Until next time, my friend, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation, and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.